quiet! Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for over 18 years and have seen just about everything. And as damaged as we are, we're ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every minister has. You got me laughing because, like, what, two weeks ago you said 20 years and now we're down to 18? Have you been been demoted? What's going on? I I have not been demoted. Um, We had a guest on last week, so I had to add it a couple of years to kind of average it, you know. Okay. No, Matt, I don't know. It's it's definitely at least 19 years now, probably we 20. It every time. I don't know. It's not changed every time. We've left it. We've been having this podcast on for over a year now, so it's got to be more than 18 years. Have we did we hit a year and not even recognize it? Acknowledge it? We hit a year like 6 months it ago. It would have been April. No, it would April is when we started, dude. And not 6 months ago. All right, you 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 start talking. I'm going to look this up cuz I want to know when we started. Just so you know, we're both uh, vested in this podcast. Matt's uh, searching the internet while I'm uh, leaving the podcast. No, but you guys, welcome. Uh, this past weekend, I joined one of those digital conferences, right? Free online digital conference. You can upgrade to the premium pass, blah, 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 blah. And it's awesome. It had some great speakers. And there were a couple of points that I really wanted to uh, to emphasize and bring out um, because I think it affects our approach as ministry leaders. And I think we need to be uh, keenly aware of, uh, of that approach. So one of the speakers, Chris Stefanik, so it's a Chris, so you have to believe him, but Chris Stefanik is excellent, and he was talking about a theology on tap that he was at with a bishop that was giving a Q&A session at the end, and someone raised their hand and gave pushback on the church's position on abortion. And okay, so abortion is wrong. Why? And so Matt, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to parry with you. Why is abortion wrong? Hold on. I just like I just thought about this. I, my kids came running in, and I had to mute myself and yell quiet. Well, I, if I'm going to mute myself, I've got to mute two different things. I've got to mute Zoom, and I have to mute this other thing. So I know Taylor just got my dad voice quiet recorded on his end. So everybody on YouTube didn't get to hear it, but maybe oh, Taylor I'm, will. I'm hoping that that's how we start us. the episode. That it's quiet, quiet, <laughs> quiet, and then welcome to Ministry Leaders. I'd love it. Uh. Why is abortion wrong? Is that what you asked? Because it, it kills a human life. Because it kills a human life. Okay. Why does that matter? Because human lives matter. All lives matter. Okay. What are you doing to me here, Chris? I feel like you're about to throw me under the bus in a big way. <laughs> Why? I'm still looking for this statistic, but what do you want me to say? Why does life matter? Uh, because God created it. I mean, God, God created us in his image and likeness. Our, our life is separate. Our life is different than animals. Our life is different than animals. Okay, great. So life matters. Our human life is different than animal life. And you still haven't sold me on the fact that uh, abortion is wrong. Why? Because in this example that, uh, that, that was given in the talk, the person said, Bishop, I wish my mom had had an abortion with me. I've been wow. miserable for the last 30 years of my life. Right? And wow. so for him... The church's teaching on abortion doesn't make sense because we go around touting about how like, well, life is important, life is sacred. What we don't share is something even more basic than that, that life is good. Like life is good and abortion takes away a good. Yep. Well, my experience has not been that life is good. And it's like, well, we have a God that wants to redeem your experience of life so that you can experience the goodness of this gift of life. 
Life is a gift. Life is good. And so it's going back to the basic, right? So I'm listening to this conference. I'm, I'm listening to all these things. And, and this one just jumps out at me and hits me like a ton of bricks. And then I go into my other world uh, of, of what I consume. And it's, uh, it's, it's marketing podcasts. And I'm listening to a guy named Russell Brunson. Now he's this uh, this big marketing guy. I've I've mentioned him Matt like eighteen different times, and every time he's like, "Good for you," you know. <laughs> um, but he gives this analogy of uh, in a sales pitch, you want to do the big domino. You want to get the big domino to fall, not the little dominoes. But a lot of times in sales and marketing, we get these little dominoes to fall, right? And and in the example of. Uh, abortion, you know, like, uh, it, it, it's murder. It stops a beating heart, these little dominoes, but the big domino is life is good. If you can get someone to agree that life is good, then all of a sudden all the little things start to fall in line. They buy into it. The same is true in regards to, uh, like Christianity, right? And so we talk about, well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have sex before marriage. And we spend a lot of time arguing that, right? Mm. Or even the idea that Jesus is a historical figure, right? Like talking about that and trying to prove that. But if we got a big domino to fall, like the Bible is true, if they could say, yes, I agree that the Bible is true, boom, then they would agree, yes, that Jesus is Lord and Savior, because the Bible says that, that Jesus is a historical figure. Yes, that uh, premarital relations is wrong, because that's shown biblically. You know, all these different other pieces. So if we can get the big domino to fall and get them to say, yes, I believe in the Bible, then all the little dominoes fall beforehand. I think sometimes as ministry leaders, we get distracted by the tiny dominoes. I think we everybody like to... does. In, in, every, in every argument, in everything that we, that's important to us, I think we, we, we often get stuck on the small stuff, the little things that, I don't know, that maybe we're passionate about or maybe that, that is the reason that makes sense to us rather than the big domino that would make reason, like that would make sense to the most people. And maybe like, okay, let's do, let's do that. Define the big domino. That's it. So what is the big domino in your ministry, right? For some people right now, the big domino is that my church is safe, right? With COVID-19 and people peeling it back, I helped out at, at the liturgies this weekend, and we were ready for an overflow liturgy. We were thinking people would come back in droves. And, uh, and, and we got close at one of the masses, but uh, that's why I messaged you on Saturday night, because I went to the Saturday evening uh, vigil, and there were it, we only filled half the place. Yeah. What was your experience on Mass this past I Sunday? I went to a relatively small um, parish. I mean, like the, the, the worship space is small. And so they were expecting to expand into one area and into another, and they right. had prepared to do that. And there were seats even six feet apart. There were seats available in the main church. Which I, so, I was baffled by. I was like, holy moly, you know. Right. And so so why? Do people love Jesus? Yes, people love Jesus. That's a tiny domino, right? Um, the bigger domino is, sorry, I, I'm sorry, in regards no, no. to getting them to mass. I'm just thinking of the big domino here. Like, like I don't know what you're getting at as far as the big domino. I, like, I, I'm, I'm afraid that the big domino is it's not an obligation. The obligation is lifted. I don't think the big domino is my parish isn't safe. Now, maybe, I, I don't know what you're going for like on that, but... Well, I, I think that might be the big domino, is that, that they might not feel safe, and sacraments should, uh, shouldn't should be scary, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but maybe you're right. Maybe the big domino is um, we can't leverage Catholic guilt through the Sunday obligation, and therefore 
people aren't going, you know? Well, and that's, that's been one of my, like, I've been really curious about this for, for some time. And, and this is a different tangent than, than where you wanted to go today, you know, but I, I've been curious about this. You lift the obligation. How many people still come? Like even, even without COVID lift the obligation. How many people still come? It's a, it's a fraction. Yeah. You know? And so, um, I think the, the safety of the space is important. But I, I feel like that's it. Even if it, even if the obligation was still there, I think people would use it as an excuse to not go. As a whole, yes. But I also have been helping out at the daily masses, and the daily masses are smaller than what they were normally. But by how much, though? Percentage wise, it's a huge difference. It, it's it's nowhere near. It's nowhere like, near what the Sunday what the Sunday yeah the is. percentage of people that go to daily mass because I've been to daily mass you know all week, um, and um, and. Yeah, the percentage that go to daily mass versus what did before COVID is like ninety percent, maybe eighty, that are still that are still coming. But the percentage that are coming to Sunday liturgy is like a quarter. So maybe the big domino is: Does this present a threat to my potential salvation? Right, maybe because because the Sunday obligation. If you miss the Sunday obligation, you've committed a grave sin. Right. Mm-hmm. And yep. so if that is the case, then maybe that's the motivating factor. Maybe that's the big domino. And then how do we emphasize that? Well, that I don't want to be like, hey, now that the bishop has said things are going again, the, uh, the dispensation is gone, and so you better get to Mass or you're going to end up in purgatory for longer. Like that doesn't sound like uh, the Jesus that I want to hang out with. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, so it's just like what's the big domino? That's, so what, I, I, yeah. I don't know what it is. So to look at so to look at the big domino because I think we actually motivate quite a bit by fear and, and arguing over little dominoes you know and, and abortion is murder well right but life is good that's the other side and that's the more attractive side of that argument and that conversation the same is true in chastity and a lot of times when we're when we're talking about these things I remember growing up thinking that sex was bad yeah right sex is bad and actually sex is a gift from God amen. Yeah, and uh, and and that that's something that's beautiful, um, and I think that that's the bigger domino. And I don't know why the littler dominoes taught me something otherwise. Well, it was because they wanted to get me to respond or change my behavior, right? Behavior modification, mm-hmm. and then we go and we approach this uh, Manichaeism approach. And so what that means is like the soul is good, the body is bad. So we're going to just focus on the soul. Um, but one of the speakers this weekend that I was listening to was talking about that. Like, we have to have an integrated approach in our ministry that goes just beyond the object of the teaching, abortion is wrong, and goes and has it integrated into the wholeness of the person, right? Life is good. You are good. Body good. Soul good. And the <laughs> example they gave, I think, is awesome because— I, I know, love the caveman. Body good. Soul good. Body good. Soul good. Give me food. <laughs> her, her. <laughs> And so, um, so the analogy he gave, as, as gamers, we're going to love this analogy, but, but what happens when you separate body from soul? Death. Death, right? And any instance of body separated from soul outside of death, like, is not a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. So body with no soul that's animated is a zombie. And we're scared of zombies, right? Zombies or are bad. a soul... On this side of things, you know, on this side of heaven uh, with no body is a ghost. And ghosts are scary. Why is that scary? You know what I mean? Can a ghost hurt you? No. 
can a zombie hurt you? Well, I don't know. I've never met one. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but but the thing is, all the is, movies say they can. <laughs> it doesn't matter if they're fast zombies or slow zombies. They all hurt you. There are a couple of shows where the zombies are like normal people, right? You are, are Lieutenant Lieutenant Tangent, Mister Lieutenant hey, Tangent. You wanted to talk about zombies. No, I wanted to talk about the separation of soul and body. <laughs> and zombies are scary because it looks different. It's not how things are meant to be. Are we teaching our teachings in a way that is ghost or zombie? In the way that we separate soul from body and be like, no. I don't care how you do in your athletics. You have to get to this confirmation retreat. That is what's most important. Your soul is the only thing that matters. Mm. Do you see how it can, how how the church can come across in the way that we teach, in a manichaeism or a manichaeistic approach? Yeah, I I don't know. Like I, I I see what you're saying, you know, but I don't know if that's necessarily soul from body, like that particular example, you know, because it's. There's a connection to the gifts and talents that God has given me that is connected to my soul, right? Absolutely. You know, so I've been given the, the gift or the talent of being a soccer player. I have not. Some people have. But in this example, someone has. Chris, okay. Um, that is actually part of who God created you to be. And I think that there's an identity in there. There's a connection there to the soul. Um, but I think sometimes we can as ministry leaders can disconnect the human sport of soccer from the the connection that it has with the soul of the person. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Yes. And athletics, uh, a neat way to talk about athletics is recreation. And if you break down that word, it's recreation. So if we're created in God's image and likeness, us exercising the gifts of our bodies recreates us deeper in the image of God. But what if that recreation happens on the same weekend we have a mandatory class for our confirmation? Yeah. Then all of a sudden those two come at odds with each other. And sometimes the way the user experience receives it as they only want me to focus on soul. They only care about my, my prayer life. They don't care that I'm, I'm the captain of the debate team. Or you know? we create this false dichotomy between sports and religion or sports and, and faith. Um, like we say, sports are not important to your soul. Like th- that's not important to God. Right. And that's not true. That is not true. You know, you exercising your ability and performing well glorifies God. Everything we do glorifies God, right? Has right. the potential to. Yes. Um, and so I think when the church says, no, you like, like what you're saying, I think we are like spreading an untruth, Right. Right, and and that's and it's this, it's for the sake of a smaller domino is the point that I'm trying to make. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Is that that that, that is so for the sake that they can jump through the hoops to receive a sacrament they don't understand from a God they don't know in a church they rarely attend. It's like why all of a sudden do we want this tiny domino to fall, and and just have someone who can't really there's no platform to receive the sacrament. Why not go sit at their game, yeah. cheer them on, and let them know that someone from their church loves the fact that they just scored a goal or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. What would it look like if, uh, yeah, if you, if you had the volunteers, or if you had the ability, okay, you're going to miss that class. Well, um, I've asked Joe, your small group leader to, to see if he can, you know, come to your game and maybe y'all can meet up afterwards and just talk. Yeah. Like or let, something like that. That'd be freaking cool. Lunch. That would be that would so be awesome. amazing. 
and and le- and let's get the two or three talking points mixed into that the, the meal and and make it happen. Absolutely. Now this is all in COVID nineteen. It's assuming that sports exist in the future, right? <laughs> <laughs> into the unknown. Um, but 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 the point the point should be well made and and should be thought out. Like, would it be the end of the world? If a 15-year-old didn't receive the sacrament of confirmation until they were 20 years old? No. No, absolutely not. Now, what if when they're 20 years old, they live it out more dynamically because now they've made it something to where they own it instead of they just want to get it out of the way? Yeah. Now, let's take the scary side of that, right? What if it's the same teen, same situation? They're in love with their sports. It's getting in the way of their confirmation process. And so now we say, well, that's fine. Just go with sports. We love you. Go for it. And then they're 20 years old, and they don't receive the sacrament of confirmation. They never come back. Well, what is the difference in execution between someone who never comes back and wasn't confirmed and someone who never comes back and was confirmed? I've told you all this story before, right? Like this happened to a friend of mine. Um, And and I'm pretty sure I've, I've told you all this story before. I had met him. We were running. I found out that he didn't get confirmed back when he was 16 because of sports, because of soccer, which is kind of funny. And then it was like, well, can I be your sponsor right now and let's get you confirmed this year? And we did. Like, and he went through it and he got confirmed. And it was like, that was freaking cool. Yeah. Right? And, and, that was, and it meant something more at that age than for him than it would have meant when he was younger. But I guess my argument is the fruits are the same if they don't care about it. And they're just getting out of the way. Five years down the road, we have a non-practicing Catholic. But if they do care about it and they recognize right now, God is calling me to excel in these sports and I can't figure out a way to fit it in. So I'm going to hunger for the sacrament until I can make it all work. Then they get confirmed and they're dynamically alive instead of they feel like the church is encroaching on a gift that God gave them in athletics. You know, um, the only difference between someone who is confirmed and left the church and someone who is not confirmed and left the church is that the person who is confirmed has graces that they've shelved because sacraments are efficacious. I do not want to be dismissive of the graces that come from sacraments. Sacraments are powerful. They're efficacious. Right. And arguably, uh, can you get to heaven without being confirmed? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Is it easier to get to heaven with the sacramental graces of confirmation? Yes. Yes, also yes. So <laughs> so there is a value. I'm not dogging confirmation. I'm not dogging the sacraments. But it's worth rethinking. What's the big domino? Is the big domino about them jumping through the hoops, quote unquote, in their experience, because that's what they would experience? Or is the bigger domino about them knowing that they are radically loved by God who will chase them to a soccer field in order to love them? Yeah. And so, like, if we're thinking about, like, I don't want to say the big domino with regards to sales or whatever, um, but yeah, the, the big domino, I don't know, like you need to do this because like, right, like we're, we're selling, let's just say we're selling the sacrament. We're, we're trying to pitch the idea to the, to the parents, to the kids. You need to do this preparation because it's required is a, is a small domino, right? That's right. not, that's not the domino that's going to sell anybody right? You know, on anything, you know, you need to do this domino because what you just said, you know, this is, um, yeah, because this is going to change your faith life. This is going to be something that, that helps everything in, in diving a little bit further into it. That's and but then are we willing to back that up with action? Like if we really believe that, 
are we willing are we willing to change the way we act around all that does that make sense yes and it would require a different approach are we willing to allow people to not go through our process are we willing to change our process to allow a deeper truth to be taught through the process not actually by attending the class but just the process itself to be set up in such a way that it heralds a larger truth, a bigger domino, than just sacraments are good and this is the time when people typically receive them. And so I think about that. Are we willing to? So uh, buckle up. It's the law. I've seen that sign. Okay, it's the law. I'll buckle up, right? That's like most confirmation programs. Buckle up. It could save a life. Great. Okay, that's even more motivating. I'll buckle up because of that. And I've seen those signs as well. Um, But if I saw a sign that says, buckle up, because you want to be able to walk your daughter down the aisle someday. I'd be like, that is a deeper reason. Because there's people like, oh, I don't really like my life, whatever. And they're, they're not, so it could save a life. I'm like, no big deal. But it's like, all of a sudden, now this matters to my children. Yeah. It all of a sudden a, a, appeals uh, in a greater sense. And so, I, I don't know. I just think that there's ways to get in touch with people's desires. And guess who put those desires there? Yeah. God did. God did, and it partners with the way they're created, and that's the bigger domino. And so in your ministry, whatever it is, RCIA, I don't care if it's soup kitchen, whatever it is, think about that bigger domino. What is the bigger domino? Not the need we're trying to meet, but the deeper calling within that possible need. And this goes for like the people you serve, but then also the volunteers, you know, that serve with you. If you're looking for volunteers, it's not because you need a warm body in the room. Like that is not the right domino like in any way, shape or form. That's not a freaking domino. Right. <laughs> but yeah, that, that larger calling and everything. I like that. So Chris, Matt, do you want to know how many episodes we have or how long we've been on? Ladies and gentlemen, I you, think that kind of wraps up. You said a year and a half. I that said a year. Up. Yeah. And, and you, and Matt, I would love to hear it. Go. We've been on since April 2nd, 2018. It's been over two years. I knew it was April, but I didn't realize it had been over two years. And Taylor's going to be like, you guys are idiots. You know, but so I, so what you're saying, if I'm hearing it correctly, 18 plus two, help me out, 18 plus two. Our script says you've, we've both worked in ministry for over 18 years, and that's our script from day one. Mm. 18 so it, plus it, it two is... It has been 20 years. It, we've it been working been in ministry years. for over 20 years, So why Matt? did you say 18 this year? Why not just be confident in 20? Matt, I, I, I mean, just... You could do math. Uh, flipperoo yes i was just following what it says i would buckle up it's the law i was just that that's because it was it's on there i I don't think we've edited this script because it actually says some things that we've verbally changed absolutely yeah um so guys we have been on for over 100 episodes we have 106 episodes out there and we hit a milestone last week right was it last week or the week before we did we are over ten thousand downloads total for for since we began which is kind of amazing it's absolutely amazing. It's like or for someone have... like Will Ferrell, that's two weeks. So <laughs> One week, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I did find something out. Um, our guest on the previous podcast um, got his drone footage featured on, what is it? Uh, some good news with John Krasinski. Yeah, yeah, John Krasinski. That's, that, that's nuts. That's so funny. Yeah. That JP's footage from his drone from, their, uh, from a friend of ours wedding got posted uh, on some good news. I think that's amazing. It's literally a clip that lasts about a second and a half. Um, 
But if you haven't seen the full video, um, it's it's absolutely amazing. Uh, just because I feel like the two people who got married um, had, had gone through so many different like hurdles getting to their wedding. And then for uh, for a community to overcome that and just they did kind of a virtual reception in their parking lot. And uh, and JP had his drone out recording it. It was I cried when I saw the video. I don't cry yeah. a lot. It was so it was cool. like it was so awesome. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So. So anyway, uh, I just wanted to point that out. I thought that was kind of neat um, to have him on. So thank you that- guys for being with us this week. That was the big domino in our uh, in our podcast today was to make sure we <laughs> talked about how how many downloads we have had. So thank and I you. I guess Matt, we're for... going to edit our intro and outro. <laughs> Maybe just Chris is right. That was the big domino. Actually, <laughs> oh, Chris right, was Chris. right. Yeah, you yeah. were right, Chris. So and uh, please send any feedback that you have to MLA at ablaze.us. Find us on YouTube, like or make fun of us, whatever. Just have some fun with it and uh, share this podcast with someone, especially those ministry leaders that are like, what am I supposed to do post-pandemic? It's like, well, let's start thinking at a different at a different realm. Let's start hitting big dominoes. Here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, you go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders. And we will see you next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless. You always add something a little bit more to the pray for other ministry leaders, and I feel bad taking that line because I don't. So did we miss something there that you wanted to put in there, Chris? No, Matt, we're good. (laughs) Pray for other ministry leaders and our next 10,000 listeners. There you go. There it is. Yes, make it all about us. Let's story brand our way right out of this podcast. Yeah.